0: So today's episode 178 of the Jimmy'sable.com podcast, and I have a special treat for everybody. It's been a hot minute since I've done any of it, but I have an interview this week with somebody on here. Uh, his name is Christian Funkhauser. He's a friend of mine, a longtime online friend. I've never actually met him in person, but we've been kind of social media buddies for a while, and... Uh, pen pals of sorts and been involved with some podcast stuff before, um, and he's got a little blog that uh, he writes, or giant blog, depending on whatever makes you more interested in him. He has a little uh, uh, blog that he writes, and he is you know, sharing some deeply personal stuff about some things that happened in his life uh, regarding the concept of gaslighting. Um and you know he he shared this movie with me that he watched that really piqued my interest in the entire discussion and so today I thought I'd have Christian uh on the podcast um to talk about the simple concept of what is gaslighting Christian Funkhauser is a former pastor he might be again someday uh a philosopher a theologian by day and writer and gamer by night Christian has his Master's of Divinity in Christian Education and Bachelor's in Political Science. And all of that merges for his very interesting, uh, pretty new blog at www.funkhauser.io, where you can find his musings on philosophy, theology, and pop culture. And uh, on social media, you can find him at Mr. Funkhauser. So, Mr. Christian Funkhauser, welcome to the JimmyStable.com podcast. Thank you for Woo. sitting down with me. Woo!
1: Thank you for having me. It's um, it's been a hot minute. It's very exciting.
0: It's very exciting. I'm glad to have you on, Bud. So nice. we we we've heard this phrase gaslighting everywhere, everywhere, or maybe we haven't. No, you've never heard the concept of gaslighting. Uh,
1: well, I've never heard. Oh my gosh!
0: <laughs> that was an example of gaslighting. We just cut right into it on the Jimmy'sTable.com podcast. Um, but you've heard this phrase gaslighting. Um, but have you ever sat there and thought, what are the origins of this term? What exactly is gaslighting? Um, you know, what are some examples of gaslighting? Uh, and how can we combat it in our lives? How can we realize when we're being gaslighted? And what can we do about it um, when the gas is being lit? Um, so let's just go ahead and start off right from the get go. Uh, maybe you can go ahead and lead us. Uh, Christian, where, where did this, this phrase gaslighting, where did it come from?
1: So it actually comes from a movie from 1944. Um, it's that movie starred, um, Ingrid Bergman, Charles Boyer, and was the first on on-screen appearance of Miss Angela Lansbury.
0: That was pretty cool. Um, I remember when I saw that, when you suggested the movie to me, I was, I like, you know, practically choked on the, whatever I was drinking. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's Angela Lansbury. Like. You know, and I was like, man, this is like cinematic gold right here, even though it's in black and white, you know, this is it is.
1: is so crazy. I was like, wait a second. I know her. Like in that of the mean with that point.
0: I'm not the cinemaphile that you are. So like for me to watch a 1944 black and white movie is, you know, quite the uh, adventure.
1: And one of the interesting things about it is like, it's one of those things that like, you, you can't have your phone. You can't like have distractions going on. Like you just it, you just got like focus on it. And, and but it's not difficult to do that. It's not like a labor to do this. And like I have a friend who is much more of a cinephile than mine. He like he loves like the Marx Brothers stuff and also. like And he was like, I want you to watch this movie. And I go and watch it, and I'm just like, oh my, this I don't even. I just and I was just like so dumbstruck, and then because it's just so fascinating and not like normal, like not like today's movies. And <laughs> there's a lot of um plots. Like there's a lot of plot things. And like the, the use of, um and, and we won't get too much into this, but like the use of lighting and shadow and like facial expressions, like in the distance. And like, there's all these little things that like they had to do because they didn't have really good lighting. So they were like, how can we use the shadows to do stuff? And it's, um but it basically, <clears throat> it follows a, um, uh, follows a, a woman who's a singer, and um, she likes being out there and doing stuff. And she ends up getting married to somebody. And throughout this time, these things start happening. And and her husband is um, hey. he's he's going out at night. And then she starts hearing things and like knocks and everything like that. And like. And, moving and shuffling of stuff and then as they're going through he's starting to try to isolate her from some things and he's like you 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 can't go out you're not feeling too well and then she's like oh i'm i'm feeling fine though and he's like "Paola, no no you've not been feeling good these past couple of days and then he goes in and then she's like you know you're right i haven't really been feeling well and then situations will get set up where like a picture is missing and like and she's like and then he, she finds it and he's like, well, how did you know it was there? And she's like, oh, I must have moved it. And but well, I don't remember doing it. And he's like, you need you. We cannot go outside today. You are always not feeling well. And it's this thing. And as you can, you can like kind of see like this development where he's manipulating her and and you don't really know if it's like part of it is her. Maybe maybe she is forget from whatnot. But where the term gaslighting itself comes from in that is that um, at night when all this stuff would start to happen, Um, In back in the olden days, because it takes place in like the 1920s or whatever, where there's like gas in the in the houses the more house, the more rooms that were using the gas to um, light up the candles and things like that, the dimmer things got. And so at night, when noises started happening and whatnot, the lights would dim down low and no one would believe her because there's no reason for it to happen. And um, so that's kind of where it came from is. So the guy who was lowering the lights in some way or another. Is um, was what are the things that we're messing with stuff, and it's it's a very interesting movie. I won't spoil the end of it.
0: Yeah, let's not spoil the right 1944 now. plot line. <laughs> it's, really- it's it's older than your grandmother, but you
1: know. <laughs> well, actually, uh, but no, the um, so that's where it comes from. So the gaslighting comes from the movie Gaslight because it's what the um, the husband was doing to um, what Charles Boyer was doing to Ingrid throughout it because it was a and so it's that type of thing it's like i said it's very fascinating to watch
0: yeah it's a very fascinating movie and one thing that really struck me about it is like when some of the the beginnings of the self-doubt she was starting to have Mm. um and that the 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 seeds he was placing in her head and not only her head but the people around her too like he made his like he was causing her to doubt herself and be like honey you're not feeling well or Uh, of course you forgot that. And, and, and I can't believe you broke this. And, and then he was, you know, saying those things to her, but then he was also going to the maid and saying, you know, please watch after my dear wife. She's not feeling very well today. Please. You know, and somebody would ask about her in the public market. And, um, you know, he would say, Oh, my wife's not feeling well today. And, and so it was a very interesting thing. But at the same time with the way they played out in the movie, you didn't quite know to what extent he was you, – you kind of were suspicious of him, but, you know, you mm-hmm. also thought, well, maybe she really is crazy. Like, they actually did a really yeah. good job at not letting you fully know just how crazy she was or wasn't um, throughout these th- sort of things. So you kind of – dis- like, you discover reality with her, um, and it's a very well-told story.
1: Yeah, and, like, because he might um... – He might he might give like a a, uh, signal or something, or he might say something like, you know, if she if if she's just been misplacing things so much and I'm really concerned that that maybe something else. And then she's looking for something that was misplaced, whether by her or somebody else or whatever. And then like you, the maid sees it and is like, oh, she is misplacing things. And it's part of so it wasn't just like him to her. And that's part of what gaslighting is, is it starts to affect The other people around you and or, you know, the person who's being gaslit, their whole everything starts to change and other people start to think things. And then it caused that's what helps solidify the doubt and everything in your life, which is why it's so insidious, but also very fascinating to, um, to. Watch, especially when it's not happening to you, but then also just to kind of see and observe.
0: Right um and it really shows how powerful to our brains the power of suggestion can be that yeah. you know when somebody suggests something then all of a sudden it's like our brains have this cognitive response that starts understanding the world and the reality in which we live based off of what somebody has said um about something it's it's kind of like you know with um you know let's say pop culture sort of stuff where somebody says this art is great or this art is bad and then and then all of a sudden everybody's like uh no i do think this art is good because of x y and z or and, and so the, the sometimes the people who shape our opinions first in culture sometimes um will uh end up greatly impacting our view and interpretation of a movie or art or music or what have you to where you know we form an opinion on something and we're and we're kind of sitting there waiting where it's almost like we're waiting for the social cue to fire and and so we go to different sources like we'll go to uh Cisco and Ebert or we'll go hear what Tucker Carlson's gonna say or you know all the, or anything in between um you know uh, we're waiting for somebody to tell us and then once somebody tells us what that thing is that's how we understand it all because of the power of suggestion and and social influence and how we respond to other human beings and and that can really happen powerfully, I, I think, in interpersonal relationships, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think gaslighting, you know, while it might have some of its social phenomenon, and we'll talk about that uh, more in detail a, a little bit later, but um, you know, it really is a personal relationship sort of thing of which you've had, you know quite a bit of experience: Peace
1: and and the other thing that makes it so powerful is not just the power of suggestion which that is the case but it's that power of suggestion from someone that you trust right like why would this person lie to me or someone in authority who you've been taught to trust um, through whatever. So like movie critics, like if we want to talk about movies like that, or like your political commentators or your social leaders, whether in the church or whatever. And then you believe that stuff. And then that makes it harder to question because then it's like, well, if I'm questioning what the pastor says about this, then what else could he be wrong? And then you start to get into this whole thing of, am I am I tearing down everything that I believe in? Am I deconstructing all, right. all this stuff? And is that good or bad? And and how does all that work? And it's very, um, it's very interesting. And in, and in because because that trust can be manipulated for good or bad depending
0: on the person.
1: And like, so it's yes, it's very intriguing. But I do agree; it's mainly um, individual.
0: Right, and and I think that's a key concept that that's really good that you hit there with the idea of trust, um, because it's probably not going to work um, from somebody you're already suspicious of, like. <laughs> You know, uh-huh. that, that's the thing. Like, um, in this in this movie, Gaslight, um, with Ingrid Bergman and Charles Boyer, you know, it's a husband and wife. And, you know, she's all doted on him. They're newly married and all that sort of stuff. Um, and, you know, she has no reason not to trust him. So, so when, you know, the Prince Charming comes in and starts, you know, dictating how reality really is, um, she's just like, well... You know, I, I, of course, it's true. Like, you know, the, it must be true. Like, why would he say that? This is a man that loves me. I trust him. He's been good to me. Like, why would, why should I not believe him? So it's, it's amazing, you know, power of suggestion, working with, um, you know, somebody you trust to place seeds of doubt in your mind about the reality of the world in which you have experienced things.
1: Yeah. And I would even, and one last thing about the thing. Um, I would even say part of it, but it's not, it's not just suggestion. And everything. It could be like there, the reality is created in a way, like maybe setting someone up for failure. Right. Um, so mm-hmm. one of the scenes, the first kind of instance where it starts to happen is he gives her this pendant. It's like, this is from my mother. I love it very much. And dah, da, da, da And she's like, let me put it on. And he's like, well, don't put it on. Maybe just put it in your purse. And then he takes the purse and like, and, you know, to go and like let her out the door and everything that he ends up, Hiding the pendant or something. And she gets through there and then she, they're mining, they're doing their thing and everything's happy. And then she reaches into her purse and realizes the pendant isn't there. And then she starts to freak out. Well, what happened? And then he's just like, why? Well, I, I told you how important this was. Why would you, where did it go? And then, and just, it just that cut, that just kind of ends in that scene. And then it goes through and then that's, he builds on that. So, like, that setting up for failure can also be something to where your reality. And this is probably I should have mentioned later. Oh well, where your reality ends up matching what they're saying and what they're suggesting. Right. And so it ends up being a little easier right. to um to believe stuff.
0: Yeah, you start leading them down the path, um, and, and then they just get caught up in a web. And once they're caught in the web, it's almost like they can't escape. Um yeah. and it, it becomes very hard. Well, we we have this example from the movie, and the movie I highly recommend. You know, we've talked about it a bit, we're not gonna spoil the entire thing because you know, off an off chance you probably haven't seen it. Because, you know, it's such an old movie at this point. There's probably mm-hmm. an entire generation that has never seen it. Um, you know, maybe even two generations. But just looking it up real quick, if you wanted to check it out, uh, you're going to have to stream it. And you can do it on places like Amazon Prime, uh, YouTube, Google Play, Apple TV, and stuff like that. Uh, just doing a quick Google search. It's saying you're going to have to pay about two ninety nine. It doesn't look like anybody's playing it for free um, out there.
1: HBO Max. HBO you gotta, Max. If you're subscribed to HBO Max. Okay.
0: Yeah, you can see it. Yeah, I, I wanna say maybe that's how even I watched it yeah, the first time. I'm not sure. Um but yeah HBO Max, you know, just go out there, look up the movie Gaslight, and you'll find it. I highly recommend. And like Christian says, don't watch it with your phone on because, you know, it's definitely one of those subtle movies that you're gonna have to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. But you're gonna be glad that you did. Um, absolutely and it's i was it was a real enjoyment i i didn't i usually don't like the black and white movies uh you know for good reason Mm -hmm. um but some of them are are, still have a a lot of power and it's like hey maybe they could even uh remake this one or something maybe they could get sandra bullock or somebody in it
1: (laughs) i will say um one thing they um don't watch the trailer the trailer like right. you know what they were doing in their mind they're just like hey here's all the all the plot points and twists explained in the trailer i'm like
0: yeah,
1: don't watch the trailer guys oh, anyway
0: yes. uh so uh let's take a more uh academic uh idea of of uh, okay. <laughs> of uh gaslighting uh academic definition from urban dictionary of all places very uh, academic yeah, if- very academic it's it's uh, 10 times more academic, than Wikipedia, and uh, and its accuracy. Um, but I just decided to look up the phrase um, gaslighting on Urban Dictionary, because I was like, hey, why not, right? Um, you know, this is how I do show prep, by the way. Gas. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> I know, I know. Everybody's sitting there thinking I'm consulting like all these great commentaries and theological articles and stuff. I was like, "Nah, it's all on Urban Dictionary. No, <laughs> I kid, I kid. Um, so, uh, but... Urban Dictionary, I thought, had a, a pretty interesting insight to the thing, though. It actually was really good. Uh, from Urban Dictionary, it says that gaslighting is a form of intimidation or psychological abuse, uh, sometimes also called ambient abuse, whose false information is presented to a victim, making them doubt their own memory, perception, and quite often even their own sanity. Classic example of gaslighting is to switch something around on someone so that you know they're sure to notice, but then deny knowing anything about it and to explain that they must be imagining things uh, when they challenge these changes. Um, A more technical psychological definition of gaslighting is an increasing frequency of systemically withholding factual information from and or providing false information to a victim, having the gradual effect of making them more anxious, confused, and less able to trust their own memory and perception. Uh, Very 1984-ish, by the way. Mm -hmm. Um, Very much so. You know, and and that concept. Um, And it it gave, gave a great example, and I think you'll often see this, especially in domestic Abuse-type relationships where your spouse begins to tell you things that never even happened. Uh, for instance, uh, your husband might say to you that last week he told you he was going to go to the bar with his buddies this Monday night. But you never remember him telling you that. You know, and not just because, you know, you forgot, but it never actually happened. But he's like, oh, don't you remember when I told you? You know, um, that's definitely a form of gaslighting. So I just thought I'd toss that out there from the urban dictionary. Did uh so Christian, from this urban dictionary definition, quite the definition um does anything speak out to you regarding this de- definition?
1: Yeah, I think there's um a lot of stuff in there. I love the examples they gave and I think that it can really speak to um real life examples. Um you know, as an example, like the one where your spouse tells you things never really happened uh, or, you know, say, oh, I told you I was going to the bar. Like, I think that kind of stuff happens all the time and it's seen as more playful or um, everything, you know, maybe it's a, a wife that wanted to go shopping. Hey, I told you I was going with the girls, so not, you know, whatever, dah, 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 dah. or it's a guy that just wants to be left alone. And he's like, oh, yeah, I totally told you about that last every Monday we go out and do this or something like that. And I think we a lot of times see it as playful, but I think it starts to set a bad precedent of things that we can Mm. do um or it could be more insidious like you know maybe it's the the husband that spends money like crazy and then he starts being like well why you went out to eat on tuesday and that's why we don't have any money to pay our bills or something or the wife that is trying to do something and where like they don't want to take blame for something even though it's really their like fault and i think that happens um a lot as well in more dysfunctional ones and But I don't think that you get to that level until you start doing kind of the little, little stuff first. I think it's like you get little baby
0: steps, right? And I and I I think yeah, there's the baby steps, but I think, you know, for it to really get to the level to qualify as gaslighting, there's an intentionality about it. At some point, you kind of go full blown Machiavellian. Uh, sort of approach to things and you're just going... You you deliberately know you're manipulating strings and pulling strings and trying to lure somebody into a false reality. It's not just an honest disagreement or you just accidentally forgetting something you said or a conversation you had, because people forget memories all the time. You know, we're only capable of remembering so many things. So this isn't just like about honest disagreement. So before you start accusing your spouse folks of gaslighting you, (laughs) you know, (laughs) sit there and think, like, really think, like, did we actually have conversations about these things? And, uh, you know, uh, do your best and and give some benefit of the doubt. Um, But at the same time, you know, I I think... uh, Th- this starts to become a systemic thing. This becomes a habitual yeah. thing. This becomes a deliberate thing. It's not just an honest disagreement or maybe some bad behavior, you know, misguided behaviors or, or you know, slip ups or something like that. This is a very intentional thing.
1: Yeah, and, and that's very true. And I think for it to be like really gaslighting, gaslighting and not just, you know, manipulation or whatever, I think there there has to be that. Malicious intent, as part of it, it's not just a a little like oh I'm gonna like kind of trick you to do what I want, but I think that those things can lead up to that. But yeah, it's, there's definitely that malicious intent. You're not gonna accidentally convince someone they're crazy or change things, or you know, and maybe it could be a situation where like you're that person on the outside, like we had talked about, or like you know the person who is gaslighting you. You know, they're they're on the outside of things. And they've just been knowing what they've been told, and then they're kind of seeing you. As an example, if you're the one being gaslit, they're kind of seeing you do some of those things, and they're speaking into you, and they're, um, uh, they are reinforcing the gaslit behavior. So right. it's very, um, it's very interesting, and I think, well, that kind of gets to the bottom one, but it's bottom part, but it's I think that's one of the reasons why it's important for us to to communicate and be honest with one another like when we're starting to see stuff and like be able to speak into one another's lives and right that that happens later on
0: right and, th- and this is when you start having to secretly take record conversations with your spouse <laughs> so you can play it back later <laughs> oh no that's terrible <laughs> shh, shh, shh. people don't do that right <laughs> yeah, nobody does that nobody does that right I, you I, just like randomly have your phone out and just like Hmm, let me turn the microphone. Right. right like, hold on a second. Hold on. I'm getting a message. Click. Now. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I'm, I'm sure some family therapists probably have a word or two to say about that. I I, I can't speak for fam, family therapists, but I bet uh, family therapists and lawyers have plenty of uh, you know antidotal. Uh, conversations about that, right but anyway we digress yeah um so right. some examples of gaslighting you know uh, the thing that inspired this entire podcast conversation we were having but also you know something that you wrote uh pretty powerfully in your own blog at funkhauser.io um what's the io stand for by the way do you know i it's
1: it was a different web address and i didn't want it to be funkhauser427.com or something.
0: <laughs> nice so i was you, like
1: this is cool and like and I like things being a little different and like, you know, if I'm being silly, I might be like, hey, oh, and
0: this right. so was kind of like... <laughs> I was getting ready to exactly do that or you could it could be a very British thing, you know. Mm. <laughs> Funkhouser eel. <laughs> uh, che- cheerio, right? Um, top exactly. of the morning. T- anyway, uh, I digress. Um, we have fun on here sometimes. Um, sometimes. Sometimes. Um, but anyway, so you – you but you did write uh, this this pretty powerful blog sharing about – Two experiences that you had in particular, one in corporate America, uh, one that I actually very powerfully related to in my own early career mm. in corporate America. It kind of reminded me of uh, this time I got uh, gaslit at uh, the big bad bank that I used to work for early on in my career. Um but I won't get into my story. I found yours much more interesting. Um, as oh, you. And you experienced it not only in corporate America, but you also experienced it as a uh, minister in a church. So uh, share your story, man. It's
1: very uh, intriguing. So you can go there and you can read. I have it set up on like three different blogs as well as a um, and two intermissions to kind of tell the full story of the thing. So I'm not going to go into the... All the details, but I didn't even realize what was happening to me, which is probably the most insidious thing, and that's why I was like, I need to write this down, and like, you know, my uh, my family was like, well, do it, but don't don't go into so much detail. And I'm like, no, 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 that's the point. We have to go into the details to know because it was so like I didn't even realize like it was happening. In the corporate world, um, what had happened is I was working in purchasing, and I was asked by someone and higher up to um to make an unethical purchase the purchase from this person's friend or whatnot and um i said sure you signed the paperwork we're good and they they weren't going to do it and so it was for me you need to order this and so um if i had done that and didn't fill out all the paperwork and everything because of the specifics we won't get into then i could have lost my job so i talked to my boss who um is a Christian, went to seminary. Me and him were friends and stuff like that. We went to seminary together. And he was like, just do whatever she wants you to do. You know, it's okay. Um, Don't worry about it. And I didn't feel comfortable doing that. So I ordered things the way that I was supposed to order through our supplier that gave us the best price. And um, long story short, um, I got written up. And I kept being written up for things that didn't make sense. Like things that I had been celebrated for like, my attention to detail, my going the extra mile, my being polite and working with people, all that kind of stuff was being attacked. And, um, and I was being written up for all these, all the things that I felt were my strengths and I had been celebrated for in the company were turned into weaknesses. And those were my areas to improve on. And, um, so then my friend, my boss, um, he had, he started going in there and he being like, you know what, Christian, it's, Um, You know, I I've gotten in trouble, too, sometimes. And I just had to realize the problem was me and that I needed to change things. And that, you know, if you're you're having these issues and there's something changing in you and you're just not doing things correctly. And and then he started doing something. He actually started setting me up for failure. And he would say, like, hey, I need this this project done by Monday. And it would be like Thursday. And then I would Monday it wouldn't be done. He'd be Like, well, you didn't do this, but. and and I was like how was I supposed to do this And we're in the middle of busy season and stuff like that and and so he at one point admitted that there was no way I was going to be able to finish it but the fact that I didn't uh, attempt to do it in the way that he thought I should showed that I wasn't doing it and so these kind of stuff got brought up and I ended up being let go from that company um, even though I had done amazing things and like helped out a lot of stuff. I ended up being let go. And the reason I was let go was because I was disrespectful. I was unorganized and all this other kind of stuff, all these things that were not true. And actually the Georgia department of labor did an uh, investigation on it to see if I was eligible for unemployment. Um, Cause technically I wasn't based on what they had written up about me. Um, and they determined that things weren't true, but it was that whole thing of like, so I knew all those things that were, they were false And that everything but just being hit on it over and over again shook my confidence in um, in some ways. And that was and I I just thought it was like, oh, it's somebody who's trying to protect their job or someone who's trying to, like, not be found out that they're doing unethical things. And and I didn't play along with it. And so that one was a little bit easier to take. And it was more obvious, I think, in some of the um, ways. So that was the corporate one.
0: So, like, but all these relate, you know, all these particular issues um, that you had were all with people that you trusted, people you thought you could look up to, people that, you know, were in authority, um, people who, you know, ultimately kind of just, just you you didn't have any reason to 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 not trust them, um, to not yeah. go along with what they were wanting to do, other than all of a sudden it just didn't make sense anymore.
1: Yeah, like with my um, my boss, who was my he was actually my boss's boss. But anyway, but yeah, he was the head of the department and then I had a manager and so forth um, when he was doing these things like that was a crazy. Like, I can't even believe that it was happening. And like this was my friend. I trusted him when he gave me advice or projects. You know, I thought, OK, he's doing this because in the past he had worked with me on things and kind of because he had been there for like 10 years. I was just there for two years. He's helped me kind of navigate through some things, um, but then it start. He started acting weird once all this kind of stuff happened. And the now the person who asked me to do the unethical, unethical thing was the head of HR for that area, and it, so it wasn't someone. That, so that was someone that I was supposed to be able to trust. HR is supposed to be on your side, um, and it wasn't. <laughs> but because of her influence and things like that, she was able to talk to managers and other people and. And start to kind of build a case. And um, at one point, the thing was like, you have to accept new tasks with a smile,
0: <laughs> and
1: um, you have to be happy about things. And I'm like, well, I'm always like, I'm the, the, always the, the the bright spot in the room or whatever, you know. So, but people asking me to do their job, is like, why are you asking? Anyway, but <clears throat> so yeah, in that case, you had the authority. And that's where they began to poison other people. And so then it was like the people who were in my cube next to me or, you know, people are we friends with started like kind of distancing themselves from mm. me.
0: So there um, was also a social component. It wasn't just the one on one aspect, but, you know, it all of a sudden not, it started influencing how your coworkers and peers thought of you.
1: Yeah, because there were a lot of like times where I was just away from my desk because I was in a meeting because I had to go over like the things I was written up for. And then, like, as I would refute things, then, and that was one of the other things, like, no matter how often I refuted things with the truth, and I brought receipts and things like that, um, I would, they would change things. And then it was like, well, we never said that, that you were, you were uh, late on this day. What we were saying is that you have a habit of being late, and you've been late on multiple times. I'm like, well, you know, that kind of thing, where it was like, so I would poke holes and stuff, but then it would change and become more vague, which then starts to think, am I always habitually late? Or, you know, have I been disrespectful in these in an email or that kind of stuff? And then I have to go through. And then I'm spending my time instead of resting when I'm off work, I'm spending it going through like emails to find out what what could be Hmm. what could have been disrespectful, what could have been, you know, rude, like that kind of stuff. And then that's causing me to be not rested and tired and on edge. And so then when someone comes in, it's like I was it going, and I'm like, rah, 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 you know, and it kind of feeds into everything right and i I definitely think on the part of my my friend that he was doing what he had to save his job because you know, if it had turned on him, he's married, has like a bazillion kids, all that kind of stuff, whereas i'm I was an easier target to pick, and so right. that's why I call him my friend still and we still communicate and whatnot but the the h r person. I think hers was deliberate and malicious and mm. things like that. I, I, now, granted, what my friend still did was wrong. Right. Um, and we've never fully addressed it. Um, but it is something that, um, you know, I can look past a little bit more because I think he was, I can understand the justification of I'm trying to save my butt. Right. Yeah. And so it's like someone's going down and, and, so, But it's, I still don't think it was right, but, you know, it is what it right.
0: is. Yeah, I understand. Personal relationships can get complicated and murky. Uh, sometimes yes. we never fully reconcile things and we just move on. Um, okay, well, you know, those are pretty interesting examples from uh, your life. Now, you talked about, like, during this thing, though, that you started kind of recognizing what was going on. And then you just so happened to watch the movie Gaslight during yeah. this process. And you were like, aha! Well, what are some, besides people going to watch the movie and then trying to, you know, piece together what parts of the movie apply to their lives. You know, if somebody wanted to try to go about it, which, you know, I do recommend, by the way, it is actually a pretty powerful movie um, for, for doing that as kind of an introspective sort of thing. It's not just a great movie, but I would even say it's a great tool that you can use uh, to think critically about things happening in your life. But apart from looking at the movie, um, what do you think are some things that um, you can do at a practical level to sit there and recognize that you are possibly becoming a victim of gaslighting and that it's not just, you know, an accidental disagreement or difference of opinion on something, um, but that's this is somebody deliberately out to get you, Um you know, and to manipulate your situation and is trying to, uh, take you down that road. What are some things that you can do to recognize that while you're in it? Because like you said, it's kind of hard to recognize when you're in the thick of it.
1: Yeah. Um, and I think that kind of goes into more of like what happened at the church. Um, when, so I have a certain way that I teach and I have a certain like style of things and it's, it's, a lot of people really connect with it and it was really, really good. But um, one of the things that happened at the church and I, now my pastor was awesome. He had my back and stuff. We were, like, I had that support group. Um, the, you know, all the leadership and the staff, the staff there was really good and um, they had my back and everything and I was constantly getting praise and stuff like that from them over the way I did things. But um, one of the things that started happening was and I didn't fully piece together everything, but now that I can and kind of see it, it's like I, the first sermon I gave was a cl- very classic Christian sermon type thing where I had like clips from movies. I had clips from, um, other stuff that, um, to be able to kind of engage people and keep things kind of going along. And the very next week after, um, after I did that sermon that some of the, some of the, like it was for the scouts and everything. And they said it was one of the best ones I'd heard and stuff like that. Um, I started getting people started bringing it up, and they started having complaints about it, and they started um, asking me to change things and and whatnot. And then the next one came by, and then something else happened, and I got another meeting where they're like, "Hey, we really are upset about this. We're offended at this." And I kept having to make concessions that I thought were coming from a place that people were being like, "Hey, it really bothers me to see The Lord of the Rings on my church screen." Well. I think it's ridiculous, but okay, that's fine. You know, so we won't have Lord of the Rings on the screen and like stuff like that. And it was these little things changing. But what happened is I began to be less like myself and more like, I don't know, somebody else, someone that wasn't me, that didn't have my take on things. And I started to become more and more generic. Um, and I think that's one of the things where like, if you've got friends and, um, family and whatnot. And, and they're saying, Hey, you're changing. And, and you're, you know, you used to be really happy and now you're not as much or whatever the case is. I think that can be a really good sign for stuff. Um, and it's not just, Hey, I'm going through a tough time. Like it's core changes in the way that, that you are and you handle things because you're trying to adapt to the new, you know, situation that you're in, but it's, it's, and it's, there's not necessarily good changes. So I think that could be a really good um, setup up for, being able to experience like to know that something's happening because like i said while it's happening to you and while you're going through it you're just trying to adapt and survive in that situation you may not even know so having that close group of friends or that family that speaks into your life and does stuff because one of the things is like the the pastor and like the staff and like my family and my the kids and my students and stuff like that they all loved everything i was doing and they agreed with it and they understood my methodology but the people who didn't were the ones that were trying to gaslight me and and they were being fed information about me that was false, And but they wouldn't come and talk with me. Um, and so I think also if, if people start changing and their attitudes start changing, um, towards you, like, um, we had some people who were like big cheerleaders of me and like, we had this thing called Christian's Corner where I would talk and give the announcements and whatnot. And then, um, and they were like always excited about it and then something's you know changed within them and then they were like oh we hate the fact that you're up there talking about stuff and, and why can't you ever be serious about things and and stuff like that and 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 i think that could be start to be kind of a sign that like it, that things are, are happening and changing
0: um it almost sounds like just based off your description of The examples you're giving is that, like, there's almost an element of surprise to it, to where, like, there's a reality that you understand to be true, and then Mm -hmm. suddenly you're presented with an alternative reality that you couldn't have possibly even pondered, and just seems like, what twilight zone did I just step into?
1: Right. But everyone is uh, believing it and saying it and doing it, and then you you do start to question, like, the the whole thing with... um, like using using videos and stuff.
0: Um, well, you should have just told them that wasn't Lord of... You should have gaslit at the back and said, that wasn't Lord of the Rings. That was a scene from the Book of Maccabees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That was Judas Maccabees. Like, And then they would have been like, wait a second, is that a book in the Bible? And they wouldn't have known because they don't read their Bibles now. <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> um, right. And, and, but that is one of the things that, like, So that was something that always connected well with people. And, but then in this case, it wasn't. And then I was starting to question like, well, maybe, maybe I'm just being like old fashioned with this kind of stuff. And I started changing. But then, but also I, that's another, thank you for bringing that up. Although anyway, it's not ever fully being able to please the person Mm. or do things right. Like no matter how many concessions you make, no matter how much stuff happens, there's always a new complaint. And it's, it's not just a complaint about maybe the way you're doing something it's a complaint about you and mm. that you need to be the one to change and that there's something wrong with you and like that's one of the things like in the movie it's um it's not that you know she she was doing things that are wrong, but she needed to change anyway, and whatnot and so it created a situation. um uh, so it created a situation where there was um where she the like you said, what, what you know to be true was totally different. Like I know that the way that that I can connect with people stuff like that. And at the very end of my thing, you'll kind of, you'll be able to read about like some of the things that happened that kind of redeemed those situations where I got to go and I got to give a talk and I used the exact same clips that I had been ridiculed and told that I was a bad pastor for and stuff like that. And I got to use those to be able to minister to some people. And that just like drove the point home. And, um, So that was really awesome in the recovery aspect um, of me being able to do that. And it's it's not something that's easily overcome because it's such a consistent psychological...
0: It's kind of like Chinese water torture sort of thing. Just the slow drip on the forehead over and over and over and over Mm -hmm. and over. And it, it almost sounds like it has an element of... You know, like I said, not even oh, oh, the surprise element of it, but then it demands something of you that's intensely personal, and maybe something that you can't even perhaps change because maybe you don't even quite even recognize it. How you're like, well, yeah. you need to change this because you're crazy, and you're like, well, I'm not crazy. Like you know, so how can I, how can I change that? Um, that's like asking you know a zebra to change its stripes all of a sudden, right? And you're just kind of and lost. Like, if you told a zebra you need to change your stripes, well, they're going to be kind of lost at, you know, how to do that.
1: Right. And like, I knew that. Um, yeah, and, and I even noticed at one point. I was like, it seems like, all of my strengths, I'm being, um, I'm being attacked on. I don't like. Why is this happening? Like, there's like, oh, well, you don't. Have, you're not really good at interpersonal relationships. So that's something that I've thrived at, being able to navigate those waters and things like that i mean i'm not perfect at everything obviously but it is something that it just happened to hit all my strengths and um so i had been pondering that while i was at the church and everything but there was just but i look at like my first sermon i gave there versus my last sermon and they were totally different because i kept trying to to appease these people mm. by by doing things but it, it was never enough because the issue wasn't ultimately with the way i was doing things it was with me right and they didn't like me, and they didn't like the way that I was doing things, and they wanted something from it, which ended up being me being kicked out of the church when they took over. was The first thing they did um, when the, the main that, pastor left and stuff like that. But that people, um, I think that
0: that people pleasing element is very strong. Uh, and you, we see that play out in the movie where Ingrid Bergman's character is like just trying to make her husband happy. Yes. Um. And she's trying very, very hard to do that, and she wants to make him happy. Um. And it's it's all to make him happy, and it's like in the midst of it, she, you know, she eventually has to get to the point where she doesn't care about making him happy anymore. Um, yeah. <laughs> and in fact, she does the polar opposite. But we'll save the end of that. Uh, we won't spoil the nineteen forty four ending uh, for you. Um. You know, which I yeah, don't the, don't think went far enough, but. <laughs> <laughs> I digress. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, and that's, and that is, it's the people because you think, and, and they kind of ingrain you to think, and that's where like the church thing was like, whereas the corporate one was more about like, hey, we're going to augment reality and change that. The church thing was constant negative reinforcement. I would do something good. Oh, now there's a problem with it. And so you need to change this. And so there was that changing thing. And like as a pastor, it was not like in a people pleasing thing, it was a, I'm going to to do the right thing and, and be the bigger man. And I'm going to, you know, for the, the weaker vessel and like the weaker Christian, I'm going to go ahead and say, okay, you know what? I don't have a problem with showing a scene from Lord of the Rings. Um, but, but if they do, I'm going to go ahead and change this. So I'm not creating dissension and strife and things like that. And I think, um, I think there definitely is a people pleasing one like maybe you're in an argument with somebody and you just want to have peace so that you're not fighting all the time so you just do that and and it's like almost like a defense thing and then you start to say you know what it was my fault i should never have done this and and i and and i'm sorry you're offended and that kind of stuff there's like that aspect of it then there's the one of like they try to manipulate you from like oh i'm so sad like my life is so terrible and if only you would do this then you know, there's that, that mm. one where you're like you're doing it like out of pity or um, even like morally right reasons. but And then there's the and so it's, it's it's so different in the way that it that the people do it. And like it's it's very intriguing.
0: Yeah. So we talk about recognizing the, the symptoms um, and what, you know, possibly things that you're experiencing while gaslighting. Uh, or being gaslit, don't practice gaslighting. Um, don't <laughs> gaslighting is bad. Although um, we've given you all the the ideas of how to do it, if you really want to push somebody over the edge. No, <laughs> <This is terrible. laughs> we're very evil. It's like I was
1: during supposed. prohibition, they're like, "Hey, don't do this, or else you'll make alcohol."
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly like prohibition. Um, so you know, we've talked about the things that can uh, you know happen in regard to. What you're doing, experiencing gaslighting, and so let's say you find yourself and you think you might be in a situation where you're possibly being gaslit. What are some strategies that you can personally employ um, that you can use to kind of fight your way out of this situation besides just killing everybody? Um,
1: well, that's <laughs> typically something to be avoided.
0: Right? Yeah. Let's let's avoid killing. Um, you know, let's, let's involve, let's avoid doing things that are going to get us in trouble, uh, with the powers that be and that Jesus frowns on. Um, but, uh, you know, what are some things that you think are some practical steps, maybe even some things you did in your own life, um, to, to fight against that? And what, what would you recommend somebody do?
1: Yeah. Um, and I will, I'll start off by saying is that I don't have all the, the answers and everything i can i can give some things that were important and some things um that that i think like you mentioned that can help with some things and i think the first one is to and it's going to depend on how it's going by is it like the way it was in the corporate world or the church one i think in the corporate world it was easier because i knew that um i held on to the truth that i knew i knew that i was good at this i i had um from people i respected and loved who saying they hey, thank you for negotiating that. Like, we've never been able to do that before. Thank you for working with these groups and bringing them together and stuff like that. And, and so in that case, it was really easy to fight against that more because when they say, well, you're not producing enough or you're not saving us enough. I'm like, actually, I've saved us over three times my salary just in the past six months. So I, I am doing enough, you know, like that kind of stuff. But just them not being happy. And that's I think that's a little easier. Um, so I think the big one is to, to stay, hold on to what you know to be true. And if you're starting to doubt that kind of stuff, then set up some ways where you can, um, can reinforce that truth. So, um, you know, if, if, people say, oh, you keep forgetting things, well, write something down, you know, and you can start to take some steps so that when they say, oh, well, I told you about this on here, actually, I've been writing this down and, you know, it's,
0: you know, it's funny that you should mention that I worked, a uh, large international corporate law firm once, was my one of my first jobs. And there was this particular uh, legal secretary who was really, really, really good at her job. But she also kept a little book locked in a desk uh, that she frequently took out to write things down. And there wasn't a thing that happened to her that she didn't write down in journal and document. Um, and I don't know fully you know, 100% what was going on in that scenario and why or what the past history was. But I did hear something to the extent of that she was keeping those notes um, in order to, if there ever was an argument or dispute over thing, she can sit here and say, in my journal on such and such day, I wrote such and such. Mm. And I, I thought, that, I was like, wow, that's, like, I was like, that's a little paranoia. And I was sitting there thinking that as a naive uh, Mailroom clerk at the time, um, but uh, you know, I definitely, as I advanced in corporate world myself uh, at uh, the big bad bank and places like that, um, I definitely started to see the need to like engage in the good old fashioned CYA uh, yeah. sort of type behaviors every now and then because it's kind of like you know you save those emails, you keep records, you don't mm-hmm. throw things away. Um, and you figure out yeah.
1: a way to keep them like on your personal stuff you know if if possible you're not breaching contract but that way it's right. like all the emails that i had, like the, the very day that i got let go from the corporate job i had messaged the um, the legal department and said hey what are my rights as a employee here i feel that there are i'm being i feel that i'm being retaliated against and da, 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 da. and um and i provided some evidence and i got let go later that day and i was lost access to everything and so boom wasn't able to do that hmm. um, i think now from the um from the, like what happened at the church like i think ways that we can protect against like that kind of stuff um i think you have uh, you have a group of people that you can still run stuff by um that are unaffiliated with that that person or whoever might be doing that kind of thing um one of the things that really was a breakthrough for me and kind of realizing thing is um, a gentleman was talking with me and uh, he's actually younger than me. Um, Anyway, he was like, um, sometimes God uses rejection as a form of protection. And I started thinking, I was like, this is mind blowing. And so, and like, sometimes it's a situation where you don't know what's going on, but and you don't really realize that you're being changed, but then something happens. And then like, I got, like I said, I got let go from the church job. And, and I am, I'm really thankful that I was in many ways because I just think like, what if I'd continued going down that way? And I know the changes that it made to my like psyche through dealing with all that kind of stuff. What did that, what if that had continued? And, um, whereas where, but then the person who was the kind of masterminding all of this ended up taking over the church and being the pastor and it, all of his dreams were achieved that he'd been going for. Well, all of my dreams were dashed across the side. And so, that was really struggling with that aspect of it. And I was like, maybe if I would only done this, maybe if I had only been more like this and changed. And then I was like, no, sometimes God uses rejection as protection. And I was like, this is fantastic. This is great. Because like I said, it was one of like with that, with the negative reinforcement all the time, I think one of the things that really helped me was the fact that I had like the pastor who was, and he was like, Hey, I think this was a great thing. I think what you're doing is the right way. I think all this other kind of stuff. But even with that positive stuff, there was just so much bombarding of negative things that it created mm-hmm. um, that's cognitive distance.
0: So, so it seems like not only, you know, should you have objective things, but you should also have other relationships that you know you can rely on outside of the one that you're currently experiencing the gaslighting and like almost kind of an outside third party, you know, a trusted friend, maybe even like, you know, heck – somebody who has no emotional entanglement into your personal life like a therapist or something. You know, an objective third party who can stand outside and and help you think out loud about these things when you experience these things. Because, you know, especially since there's this the the, like in the movie, there's this this tendency of of those who are, you know, doing gaslighting to kind of try to isolate and control and dominate. Um, and that's exactly what happened in the movie. The, the, the man eventually isolated his wife and, you know, as a result, she had nobody to turn to, um, and, and just a few people that she had to turn to, you know, he had already started pulling the strings on them. so, you know, she just kept going down this, this road. Um, Mm -hmm. and so I think that sounds like a pretty good idea to have, have that outside because, you can't just trust one person. You need to have multiple directions of, uh, of trust, need to have multiple relationships of trust, people to help reinforce the notion that you ain't crazy.
1: Yeah. And I think the, uh, another really important thing is, and I don't, I'm not just using this as like a coping thing. Um, it's a, Thing where like if if you do find yourself in a situation where you've been gaslit and whatnot like that, that doesn't mean you're a bad person. That doesn't mean you're a weak person. doesn't mean you're weak-minded. Right. That doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. What it means is that there was someone else in your life that wanted something, and you were in the way of that. Mm-hmm. And they had to, to manipulate you and psychologically mess with you in order to get whatever that was. Um, so, because it's... And there's not like i know there can be a pride thing oh this could never happen to me or whatever the cases are so like for, in my case i'm very like aware of my um of like my, my, not just my emotions but also like my my psyche and like the way that i think about things and i'm very introspective in that stuff and it just went right under my radar and i didn't realize it until that one guy made the comment and that happened in 2022 and the initial gaslighting thing with the other company happened in 2019. So it was three years. And even though I'm introspective and stuff like that, I still missed it. And so, and I don't mean this in like a a haughty way, but if it happened to me and I know about psychology and counseling and all other kind of stuff, it can really happen to anybody. And that's, that's okay. There's nothing wrong on your end. It's just that you just happen to be the, the, the victim in the case. Right. Yeah. It doesn't mean that they've outsmarted you or anything like that. It just means that, it just happens because like like we talked about in the beginning it's it comes typically from a place of where you trust that person right and that doesn't mean that you should never trust anybody again or that everyone's going to do that you know it and that's part of the healing process is being able to get past that but there is that that trust was broken and um and, and anyway so yeah
0: very good well uh You know, this has all been very good uh, conversation. I briefly mentioned at the beginning that we might talk about some macro level issues, and we don't have a lot of time. We've already been at just about an hour for this podcast. But for those of you who might be still listening to this podcast, and it's not just us running our voice, Uh, uh, If you made it this far in the podcast, email me, Jimmy at jimmyatjimmystable.com, and said, we want more. Uh, um, But, you know, uh, can you think of any sort of macro examples that that happen in maybe a broader culture? Because we know this can be very individual-based, but I would be of the opinion that loosely we could even associate it with some things that we've seen even in our own culture. Do Do you have any examples that just stick out to you?
1: I think probably the biggest one seeing is that I'm into like geek culture and things like that is the whole thing of, you don't like um, movie with female lead or, or um, minority lead or whatever. Therefore you are racist or sexist. Hmm. And, um, and, or like the whole thing about now it's the trolls who are doing stuff like, well, I don't like the last Jedi. And so it's, like, Oh, well you hate women. No, actually I have <laughs> reasons why I don't like it. It has nothing to do with whether or not I, like Ray as an actress or um, Daisy Ridley as an actress or whatever. I don't have a problem with her. It's right. just, I have other problems. But then they like to say so that way. And then what happens is they keep repeating, oh, well, sexist people don't like da, 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 da." And then it's like, well, I don't like this. And people automatically think, oh, well, that person's a sexist.
0: Yeah, I think that's actually a pretty good example, especially with the recent um, Lord of the Rings remake over on Amazon. <laughs> is like two or three episodes in and people started saying, this isn't very good. And then all of a sudden you saw this backlash on social media in which they were getting the actors, both present and former actors, to wear T-shirts basically accusing you of racism for not liking Mm -hmm. the fact that, you know, they had a very diverse cast making up the elf culture and you know, whatever other particulars. And I can't get into the particulars of Lord of the Ring because I'm not the nerd about it that you are. But, uh, you know, I definitely saw that. And, like, I was sitting there thinking, like, none of that stuff mattered to me personally. I, I kind of actually welcomed it. I was like, I, I'm not one of these nerd types who super care about, you know, how close they are staying to Tolkien's source material. If they take some artistic liberties, I'm perfectly fine with that. You know, I don't have a problem with that. But I just thought, you know, this is genuinely bad plot. This is genuinely, you know, the the main actress, like, you can't love her. (laughs) Like, uh, and she's Gabriella or whatever her name was. Uh, Yeah, and uh, so... Like, stuff like that, it was just like, this is just terrible. And even though I ended up finishing the series um, and thinking, like... I, I got to the point where I didn't watch the last episode until a friend convinced me, no, you have to watch the last episode. because I just thought the second-to-last episode was such garbage. It was just like, there's no way I'm going to watch the final episode. It's not worth my time. Um, I'm glad I did. I actually think it ended up making it a more redeemable series altogether, and I just left with the overall opinion of, ah, that was okay. Maybe in two years when the next one comes out, I might watch it if I don't have anything else going on. Uh, yeah. uh, but that's where I am. And, but, you know, but all throughout the series, Amazon was all fighting with people online over, over that, and they were all wearing t-shirts, and they were all, you know, trying to say, well, you must not like this because you don't like black elves. You know, know
1: not
0: and or, or whatever, the, whatever the particular or you don't like strong feminine characters or just like, no, like I'm all about strong feminine characters. Movies like Alien were were fantastic, you know, uh, yeah. you know, so like, <laughs> you know, it just stuff like that was just so aggravating. And I think that's a really great point that you make with that, because it, it became a no, you don't just like don't just dislike this movie you dislike it because secretly you're a racist or sexist and then you sit there and think well am i a sexist or a racist And you start to engage in some self-doubt and you know they're going to do that just so they can get you where they want you to go and that is to continue to watch the movie and like it (laughs) and i think
1: that's that's part of that thing it's about getting a reaction or a um a, a having you change something about the way that you do like maybe you weren't going to watch it and now you feel like you have to in order not to be racist or like not to get super political but you've got like the, the people who are like well if you don't do x y and z that means you hate this group and it's like well no i don't hate this group i just don't want to do x y and z
0: so okay well you know christian thank you so much uh for coming on uh, this podcast and sharing your experience with us and the Jimmy's Table.com listeners for episode 178. What is gaslighting? Thank you very much for having
1: me. I really appreciate it. I appreciate um, it. if you want to talk to me on Twitter. I don't use it as much, but I'm starting to use it more at Mr. Funkhauser. That's like all, all my socials are that way where you can um, check out and read my story about gaslighting with more details and like some I tried to do some more redeeming stuff in each one. It's um, www.funkhauser.io. Funkhauser Funkhauser is spelled F-U-N-K-H-O-U-S-E-R. And there'll be a link probably in something somewhere.
0: Yeah, I'll have a link to uh, Christian's blog and socials and the uh, podcast notes, either through whatever way you are consuming this podcast, um, or if you just go to jimmysable.com for episode 178, What is Gaslighting?, you'll find a link to his uh, blog over there. And you can go follow him on uh, at Mr. Funkhauser and you can tell him what a terrible person he is. And no. <laughs> <laughs> Well, again, Christian, thank you so much, and thank you, everybody, again, for listening to this podcast. Today's been episode 178 of the Jimmy's Table.com podcast, What is Gaslighting? If you've enjoyed this podcast, email me, Jimmy at Jimmy's Table.com. If you haven't had the chance to subscribe yet, I suggest you go to Jimmy's Table.com and find your link to your favorite podcast fetcher, whether it be Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon, or whatever, and leave your glowing five-star review, and figure out your favorite way to subscribe. You can do that at jimmytablecom slash subscribe. And you can even do it through old-fashioned email for those of you who still like the old-fashioned email. Uh, believe it or not, there are people who do that. <laughs> Which uh, surprises me, but people do it. And, hey, I don't judge. Um, but, uh, as long as you want to consume all this wonderful content, that's, that's all I care about, right? Um, and, uh, hey, everybody, hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Jimmy'sTable.com, where I'm having conversations about the intersection of faith, life, and culture. Take care, everybody. God bless and have a good one. That's all I have to say about that. That's the right on man. You said it all.